Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com. That's OnsideRadio.com. More than just the Miami Heat, although we cover that there as well. Check out the 30 minutes I did today. We call it Inside the Paint with Sun Sentinel beat writer Ira Winderman. Also, FiveReasonSports.com as we speak. Brady Hawk has put up another takeaways at the buzzer. Check that out. No paywall on that particular website. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, so many of them local, including one of our original sponsors, the law firm of Seltzer Mayberg. If you've been hurt in a car accident or a slip and fall, make sure you call the law offices of Seltzer Mayberg at 855-5000-LAW. That's 855 855- 5,000 law, go to onecalllegal.com, spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. If you mention five reasons, you get a free consultation. They've got 24-7 availability. They'll make sure you work directly with an attorney to get you the compensation that you deserve. Make sure to say hello to all the great people there, Eric, Dave, and Mendy, Cassandra. They will certainly take care of you. They're based right here in North Miami, right off of I-95, just before the Golden Glades as you're coming north. And they handle cases from all over the state. So make sure you call them 855-5000-LAW. Go to, go to onecalllegal.com. Just check it out. You can check out all the attorneys there. And they will handle just about any kind of case from personal injury to traffic tickets to real estate. Whatever it is that you need, they can take it at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've also got Jonathan Ramlicka, new to the pod, but not to our streams. He's been a contributor here at Five Reasons Sports, not just for Miami Heat content, but also a lot of our MMA content. So make sure you check that out uh, on our YouTube channel. That, of course, is our Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Almost 11,000 subscribers there. So, guys, Miami Heat dropped a 6-12 and 12 tonight. That's 6-12 and 12 on the season. One of the more disheartening losses of the year because you're back at home. You're playing in front of some fans. The Clippers come in here. All we've talked about is how shorthanded the Heat are. The Clippers come in here without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George, two of the top, I don't know, 10 players in the league <laughs> when you look at what Paul George has done this season. And also without Patrick Beverly, they come in with a crew of what? Marcus Morris... Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum, Serge Ibaka, and they beat the Miami Heat tonight. Alex, just start here. I mean, we have made excuses for the Heat all year, all the players they're missing. Tonight they missed a bunch of guys. Jimmy's still out, of course. Dragic is out. But they had Hero back. They had Bam. They seemed to have enough guys to win this thing. They did not. Why? That's a tough part, right? Like, I think they, they had enough guys to win. I still feel like, um, you know, if it wasn't for that third quarter, everything would have been fine. I think they, you know, they looked a lot better than they did in the last game as far as energy and just playing and looking competent. Uh, You know, they still don't have any type of perimeter defense. And that was something that was a problem that could not be avoided. Like it was Bam and Precious really trying to clean up all of the mistakes 
from Gabe Vincent and Kendrick Nunn and, you know, the Tylers and Duncans of the world. Like, it's just it's, – it's, it gets a little bit tough to watch on defense, but they were a little bit more energetic, I feel like. And then that third quarter, everything went to hell. Like, that collapse was really tough to watch. It, it, you know, the, the Clippers went on that three-point barrage where all of these guys just couldn't miss. You know, they went, they got to zoning because of that. And, you know, they, they got, they really put in a lot of energy in the fourth quarter. So I felt a little bit better about it. Just looking at it like, okay, for, you know, three quarters of this game, they, they were, they look pretty good. But uh, other than that, like, I just think it has a lot to do with the guys who are out, the specific guys, like it's pretty much their entire perimeter defense, mm-hmm. but it was a very up and down game. And, and, and it is like, I, I said, going into this game, they, you need to, you need to start racking up wins and games like these are ones that you, that you have to win, especially when you're, what are you now? Like six games below 500. Like I just six, think now is the time that you, you really need to start racking up wins. You can't let games like this get away. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned guys, you know, that they could have used tonight. Andre Iguodala, they could have used tonight. He was a late scratch, but when we're at the point where we're talking about 37 year old Andre Iguodala being necessary to win a game in which, one of his roles would have been guarding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard if they were out there and they weren't even out there. I think we're digging a little too deep at this point. So I, it's, it's one of those things where the guys who are playing have to figure out a way to win this game. Jonathan, anything else that kind of jumped out to you there? And then we're going to go through some of the young players. Yeah. I also, you know, adding on to what Alex said, I saw a less aggressive bam. You know what I mean? He was going back to turning his side to the basket, not even looking to take that jump shot like he was for the last couple of games. So I feel like not having an aggressive bam and not having the best player on the floor play like the best player on the floor really hurt us tonight. And Hero came in and he really was playing like he was the best player on the floor. And he was the guy that was imposing his will. And, you know, I think nine of 21 for tonight. So it wasn't the best percentage, but at least he was going for it. And in the fourth quarter, it was working for him. So he was getting it going. But I feel like on top of everything Alex said, Bam just really didn't come to play tonight. And I felt like that was something that, you know, in a game that was this close, an aggressive Bam would have helped us win this game. Yeah, I think that's the single biggest point tonight. And, and I think this is when we start talking about Bam going from star to star to superstar, it is the fact that superstars in this league bring it every single night aggressively. He can't do that. He, he can't do that. Why? Because he's got too many other responsibilities? Yes and no. Like, I think it's it's for sure what you're saying as far as responsibilities. I think, you know, like I said, the guys out there are just leaving him on an island on defense. But more than that, like, I just don't think, like, we need to put into perspective the type of leap that Bam has taken. And, like, he, he's doing it since last season, taking multiple small leaps as far as the type of guy and the type of player he's turned into. Like, he was basically a role player a year and a half ago, right, as far as the type of role that he served on the on offense before they turned him into the you know the the de facto point guard all of a sudden he's running the offense he's running their defense he's their biggest scorer and it's like doing it on a night-to-night basis putting up 25 like that's a leap that we still haven't seen him take yet like and I understand that he's the max player but are you surprised that on a back-to-back he he puts up a dud when he's pretty much you know having to make up for everything on defense and I'm not I'm really not trying to make an excuse for him like it's a bad game he played bad uh, well, he played well. He played bad, Alex. Even though he was sixteen, thirteen, and seven, which I, I do think speaks to expectations here a little bit. But to Jonathan's point, I mean, it, it it's all about it's all about demeanor for me with him. Like, I mean, the numbers are always going to come. He he's going to back into numbers just because he is so generally active because he doesn't quit. Okay, I mean, he's playing hard all the time. But it is it's just 
it's like Jonathan said, he's, he's turning his back to the basket when he's got opportunities to try to score. And I think one point that you make there, Alex, that I think we should elaborate on. You look at the players on this team. There are very few guys who were, say, like the go-to player on their collegiate team. Like Bam's never been in this role before. Like I, I, I don't even think in high school he was in, in this role where he was like the player that you played through all the time. And he wasn't at Kentucky for that one year. You know, Tyler Hero, at least for his one year, like the second half of the season, they started leaning on him a little bit more. And he was essentially becoming the offense after he wasn't in, he the in the high school the too. What's that? And Tyler did it in high school too. Yeah, he did in high school too. Right. Um, you know, but some of these guys, and we're going to talk about some of them, but Duncan Robinson was never that guy. Okay. Uh, not really none of these guys. Okay. I mean, even, I mean, Jimmy early in his career, obviously, but Jimmy has that kind of mentality, but none of these guys are takeover players. And I know that, that I'm going to get pushback now. Cause I'm going to say, well, you could have had one in James Harden and that's a, a different conversation, but that they don't have anybody with that alpha mentality. I don't think except Tyler hero. And I think with bam, sometimes it shows up where he just, he just goes back to kind of allowing other guys to do what they do and sort of getting out of the way. And then it wasn't really until late in the game today that he started to take over a little bit more, but let's, let's pivot a little bit because we talk about bam 16, 13 and seven tonight. Um, I just want to go through some of the numbers for the Clippers here to just sort of give you an idea who played and, and, and kind of what they did. I mean, Nicholas Batum, who's been resurgent with the Clippers and now looks like a guy who could have actually helped the heat. Okay. After he looked terrible the last three years with Charlotte had 18 and six tonight, Abaka had 10 and 13 didn't shoot particularly well. Four of 13 Reggie Jackson made his usual bonehead plays at the end, but had 16, eight and six. I mean, but uh, Terrence Mann was hurting them um, at times. Luke Kennard was hurting them. I mean, Morris had 16 off the bench, even though he didn't shoot particularly well, Lou Williams had 17 off the bench they had a lot of veteran guys playing um, even though they didn't have George yep. and Leonard and, and it showed. And, and that's why I want to go through this with some of the young players. Cause there were, there were so many good circumstances for some of the young players today, like good moments. And then there were terrible moments. Like for instance, Casey Akpala gets, you know, th- caught up in the air against Lou Williams. That's a, that's a play that a veteran guy has been in the league for more than 15 years in Lou Williams is going to take advantage of a player like KZ Akpala there. And then we saw KZ have a great finish, have a three. So like there are good moments, but Jonathan, the problem is with a lot of these guys, there's also going to be mistakes. And the heat just had too many sort of young players out there tonight who didn't know, look like they knew what they were doing on certain possessions. Yeah. It was really just trying to find out what's going on offense. It was a guy sitting at the top of the key, um, just waiting for whatever Spo draws, draws up to for it to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then we kind of like, what? who do we go to to bail us out? So these young guys, they really, like you said, they have their role in offense, but none of them have that alpha mentality. None of these guys outside of Tyler Hero are going to go get their shot and go get a bucket. And we saw it a little bit last year with Kendrick Nunn, but he's kind of lost some of that confidence. And we don't see that as much from Kendrick Nunn anymore. And uh, sometimes when he does it, it's not when we want him to do it. Like in the fourth quarter, where he turns the ball over and then he misses, you know, a layup close to the rim, which could have cut the lead down to seven. But um, I feel like these guys need to really just maximize their role right now because it's hard to tell which one of them can be an alpha as far as any of our young guys. Alex, let's go through it. Let's start with Akpala. Let's try to do these quickly, okay? Tell me what you liked that you saw tonight and what you didn't like. I want to go through all the young players, you know, with that kind of dichotomy. 
Well, for KZ, I think it comes down to something that I feel like we've been saying a lot for him. Like every time I watch him on defense, he's not perfect, right? Like I think trying to compare him to somebody, for example, as a baseline to Justice, who has a rookie who was an elite defender and just kind of caught on to all the intricacies of defense really quickly. I don't think KZ's there yet, but he's still giving you stuff on defense. He still has a lot of size, a lot of length at the forward positions there. And I still think that's somebody that you can play there as a result. Like, I, I think you can give him 15 minutes a game. I, I still believe that. I think this, that's getting reinforced by what I'm seeing. And then on the offensive end, I think that's kind of where he's been up and down every time that he, that he has been out there. And I think some of that can be attributed to not, you know, really having enough of a leash to, to get confidence. But you, you've seen the past couple of games, he's gotten a little, a little bit more playing time. And tonight we actually saw some of the stuff that he was doing at Stanford that I've been uh, kind of like uh, – you know, uh, concerned about not seeing at all was, you know, him putting the ball on the floor and getting into the post and, and getting physical versus guys who are maybe a little bit smaller than him. Like that's kind of, he had an in-between game at Stanford as well. And I'm not a college guy by any means, but that's just from what I saw from him over there. And, and people were high on him because of the stuff that he could do with the ball in his hands. He, you know, he's no point guard or playmaker, but he could, he's more than just a, a simple catch and shoot player. And he showed a little bit of that tonight with some aggression and, and getting physical there. I would love to see more of that. He's a little herky-jerky with his game. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I feel like at times he just needs to slow down, and, and maybe that will happen. You know, it's funny you mentioned Justice, because when I really thought the Justice started to come on again before it sort of all fell apart with, with fit and injuries and everything else, was you could see the game slow down for Justice. Like, he was picking up some of that Dwayne stuff. And I remember when I was seeing that in person, I was like, okay, he's getting it. Casey needs to slow down and I don't know if he's going to be able to slow down until he gets the reps. And I don't know if he's going to get the reps when everybody comes back. And so you're a little bit caught in between, but you mentioned Stanford. Casey's one of the few guys on this roster that was a go-to player in college. Um, and so I, I do think that it's in him, but he's going to need the reps. Um, let's go next uh, to another guy. Uh, we'll talk about precious a little bit later. Um, but but let's let's I want to get into Gabe Vincent a little bit here because there were good moments with Gabe Vincent tonight, too. I mean, he, he had 18. He had four rebounds. He had four assists. He competes defensively. He was six of 13. Um, Jonathan, what do you like? What don't you like? Well, I really liked the uniqueness that he brings as a player. Uh, we have a lot of one dimensional players when it comes to this team. And I feel like he does just a little bit more because he's not only a shooter, even though he hasn't really been shooting well, but he's also able to take it in the paint. I saw a couple of times where he had a couple of good entry pass to Bam in the post or, or Precious in the post, whoever was in the post. So I do like him a lot on the offensive end. I feel like he's a good tool for us to have, especially as another ball handler. And it seems like as we go through these games where we're missing a lot of our primary ball handlers like Jimmy, Goron, or Hero before he came back tonight, it feels like those reps allowed him to feel more comfortable tonight. And you can see it. You can see him, you know, taking the ball to the rim, uh, trying to set up for the lobs and knowing when to go for that little short floater. So I feel like his game is starting to develop into something that we really can use as a, as something for us to have off the bench in the future. As far as what I didn't like with him, I feel like um, the game is still, like you said, with, with all of our young guys, it's a little fast for him. So he does have a little bit of a turnover issue and, and not knowing exactly always where to be and when to be there. So, you know, four turnover is not the best thing. And he does get caught behind screens sometimes kind of like with, almost all of our perimeter defenses outside of, you know, maybe Avery Bradley, but uh, he gets caught behind screens and then doesn't rotate sometimes to the shooter. 
And that leaves open, you know, a wide open shooter on the offensive, on the opposing team when they're having, you know, driving kicks or picking pops. So I feel like he has a little bit of growth to go on the defensive end, but offensively, I feel like we're seeing Gabe Vincent start to grow up in who he can be. Alex, is he an NBA player? Yeah, I think he's an NBA player. I just think right now somebody he I think I think of him as somebody who's going to be on the back end, right? And like I I agree with a lot of the what, what Jonathan said there. You know, I think he's got a little bit, a little bit of skill to this game. It just sucks because he's kind of been, you know, misplaced. You know, I'm not saying that as a you know as anything that's Spo's fault, but he's just kind of playing a lead guard role with Kendrick Nunn, and I don't think either of them are lead guards, right? I think especially not in the NBA as starters, right? If you're gonna play them next to some of the stars, yeah, I think they could go. They could be competent plug and play guys. It just sucks because you're watching a lot of these guys have to do stuff that they're not usually doing. That's not the role that they were brought on for. It's cool for their skill development, and I think we have seen Gabe Vincent get better at you know all the stuff that that Jonathan said. But uh, yeah, I just think he. I just think right now he's kind of a back end guy. Precious Achua tonight, uh, 13 minutes. I, to me, that's the issue. 13 minutes, 4-4 four, four from the field, uh, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and that ridiculous 3. <laughs> uh, th- or or what, 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 what was it, that, I mean, that he made? A three-point play. Two, yeah, three-point uh, play. Yeah. Yeah, that, that he made, um, you know, which, I mean, I, I didn't see that one coming. But but to me, that the issue, again, is the 13 minutes. And I, I'm just trying to figure out what it's going to take for those minutes to increase and what it's going to take is him playing with Bam more. Alex, why aren't we seeing it at this stage? Because I, I don't, I don't see the holes. Like we talk about KZ. We talk about Vincent. We're going to talk about none. Uh, we talk about D- Duncan Robinson, who I think needs to be addressed because he's not shooting well in the fourth quarter and it's a consistent thing, but like with precious, I don't see a lot that I don't like, like, what am I missing? Why is he not playing more? Well, I just think it really does have to do with how much you can play with Bam or not, right? And we haven't seen a whole lot of it yet. We saw some of it last game, and I think it's kind of interesting as a concept. It, it didn't look great, but I just, I, again, I think it has to do with the guys who are out there next to them more than anything. Like, I, I would like to see, if you're going to try out uh, Bam and Precious together, I've said in the past, I would like to see it with Duncan, with Goran and Tyler next to them. Just, uh, you know, some guys who can dribble, guys who can shoot. But instead, we saw it with none and Gabe Vincent. I'm not. I'm really not trying to sound mean. It's just like you can't really get a sample for how they look together if you don't have it next to. I feel like the right personnel. I don't think that's something that you can run with Jimmy, to be honest. And and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, calling it, and and saying that you know you don't run Jimmy, Bam, and Precious together because it's too much guys who, who want to occupy the paint. But that's just kind of how I tend to feel about it. Like I think you look at the way that Spo has put the. The, the front court partner with Bam, and it's always somebody who can spot up and shoot, right? And Kelly, for some reason, just has not been able to do that consistently in getting the wide open shots that he has. But it, Precious is not doing that period. And I think, and uh, I heard it being talked about on the broadcast tonight about how Spo emphasized again that he's just making it simple on Precious. And that simple role for him has been basically, you know, I'm going to be a screen and roll big man and just kind of making plays out of there. And occasionally he'll run a handoff a handoff at the top of the arc but basically that's the type of role he's got it and I don't know if you can have that role playing alongside Bam no it's a good point um I guess what confuses me about it is it looks like Precious is the one young guy who seems to know where to be in all circumstances it's not like KZ and so that's why I don't really understand why Eric's not putting more on his plate like he looks like somebody who could handle it 
I've understood it in the past when you've had young players that Eric's wanted to bring along slowly. He put him in the rotation right away, so he does trust him, but I feel like he could trust him more. All right, we're going to get to the other young players here because, I mean, they all played tonight, basically. That's pretty much what the Heat were left with. And you mentioned Olenek, uh, not a young player, but he was three of six from three tonight. But, again, so up and down that I just feel at, at certain point it's just got to be a little bit more precious. All right, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. We've been telling you not only can you play the NFL games but also the NBA games. This is the new place to play daily fantasy. we got a lot of guys in our network who signed up for it. They've become somewhat addicted to it. Just give it a shot with 20 bucks um, and see how it plays out. You can uh, essentially pair players from different teams and they got the single stack categories now. So like this was easy money. LeBron, 25.5 points over or under. Um, LeBron's been on a tear as a scorer. You can just play LeBron as an over, pair him with somebody else. And all of a sudden in 30 seconds, you've got your picks for the night. So you just check out the board every night. I've been getting used to doing that. Use the code five F I V E. You get bonuses. It's prizepicks.com. Like I said, this is the new way to play daily fantasy. All right, let's get to a couple of the other young players here. I don't know if there's a lot to say about Max Struess, except he did make four threes tonight. I'll ask the same question to Jonathan. Is he an NBA? Because we were a little critical. I think, I, I don't know, it was, I was talking to Ira about this on Onside Radio, and then I think I talked about it on one of the streams, that maybe the Heat made a mistake when they don't have really enough playable bigs giving their two two-way spots in a season like this to two more shooters, okay, instead of at least having one young big in the mix, especially when you don't really trust. I know Silva's not healthy right now, but you haven't really trusted Silva to play any kind of role. And yet tonight in the first half, the starting lineup had 25 points and Vincent and Struess had 22 between them. And Struess ended up with 12 on four of six shooting. Jonathan, is he an NBA player? Uh, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's a three-point specialist. So, yes, I think he's an NBA player, uh, but he only has one single role. You know what I mean? He's not a ball handler. He's only a guy that's out there to shoot. Um, so, if you get a Bradley Beal and you want another guy to, you know, space the floor with him, you can throw Struess in there next to him. So, um, he's an NBA player, but pretty similarly, maybe a little bit lower uh, than what Gabe Vincent is. What do you think, Alex? Is he somebody that you keep around and develop? Uh, I mean, I don't really hate it. I'm not against it. You know, it just depends on who else rolls around in here and, you know, and who the competition is. But as of right now, I'm good with him and Vincent being there. Like, I think they're both guys who are kind of being relied on by Spo as shooters right now and a little bit more than that, obviously, because of the guys who are out. But uh, like Jonathan said, you know, when everybody's healthy, and just like I said about Gabe Vincent too, you know, those are guys you could just plug and play if you, if you need to, you know, because the situation, you know, with the season is just like this – this is going to keep happening probably like we're going to have situations where you're going to have to plug and play in a Gabe Vincent or a Max Struess. And again, I, I think he's a back end guy. I don't, I, uh, you know, I think he's kind of fun to watch sometimes because he just really wants to go out and <laughs> leave an imprint on the game. Like that, that dunk that he tried the other game was, you know, that, that was exciting. That was fun <laughs> until it ended poorly, but he really goes out there and he tries to, you know, he, he tries to have a good time and really, and, and be a microwave scorer, right? And I, I don't know if he has that in him to be that type of bench scorer, but uh, him and Vincent both seem very confident in themselves. So you know what? Uh, give him a chance. All right. Uh, we've talked so much about Kendrick Nunn that I, I don't want to belabor it. We just did a whole podcast on Kendrick. Uh, tonight, Kendrick, 5 of 12 from the field, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. I mean, he competed, but as you mentioned, Jonathan, at the end, there were a couple of mistakes that as they were trying to get back in the game, 
he made. And I don't want to harp. I know everybody says we harp on the nun mistakes, but not on the hero mistakes. Tyler made mistakes today, too. But Tyler was also impactful in so many other ways that Kendrick was not. And I think that's why it stands out. But before we finish with Tyler, I think we need to talk about Duncan here a little bit because he has these six three-point games and they jump out at you. And because of that, I think we've kind of overlooked the fact that he hasn't really shot the ball well when it's mattered this year. Um, And that continued again tonight. And and Alex, I, I know he's having trouble sort of getting looks off because he doesn't have, you know, Jimmy to attract attention or maybe Goran to attract attention. So I get it. But I do think you can start raising the question of whether he's kind of, I don't know, cut out for some of these moments. I mean, are, are, you, are you having any of those concerns? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, like, it's just you look at those stats and the, the percentages go down in every quarter. It's not good. That's not a great sign. I don't know if it's just, you know, by the time he gets to the fourth quarter, he's gassed from all the running around. He does where he's, his role is to literally run around the court in, in a full sprint almost. <laughs> and, and, you know, half of it is screening. And so I don't know if it's just got to do with that, but that's obviously not a great sign. I would like to see the team healthy just to see him in a better role. Like, I just think there's no balance right now to the offense, whether it's, you know, the team as an offense-defense balance, you know, that's not there. But as far as the variety in the offense, it's just Bam trying to create a bunch of three-point looks for everybody. And to me, there's no inside-out balance. And Duncan is really just like, well, I'm just going to keep getting these shots off. We're going to keep running the same thing over and over again, and hopefully they fall my way tonight. And, you know, like he's added some little counters to his game where they'll run him off and he'll run the side pick and roll with Bam. And he just kind of does it competently. That's good. He's got some other little things that he's added. But, yeah, he's still pretty limited as an offensive player. So when the shot isn't falling, it looks bad. I still just think, you know, would like to see the team healthy before we start evaluating – uh, Duncan's effectiveness when he's still putting up pretty much identical numbers to what he did last year with all his best players being out for a long time. But the other issue, of course, which we've discussed in other pods, is that you know, you're know you looking at whether or not you want to pay him long-term. How do you evaluate that, though? 18... He, he keeps well, giving you the same difficult. production that they he gave you last year, last year, and you know the whole team right. has been not there pretty much. So I just don't know how to evaluate him really other than that you know, he's been very consistent as to what he is. And that's an elite shooter. And it's just, I don't know the whole, do you pay him? Don't you pay him thing to me? It's just like, we're, we're we're some time away from that. And I don't understand having the conversation now when we really haven't seen this team healthy and they just got to the finals because they were, their offense was elite with him. And I I don't, I really don't mean to sound defensive with, with Duncan. It just feels like we bring it up all the time. And I'm not just talking about five on the floor. It's just, I feel like it's just an ongoing topic in general. Right. And, Duncan, to me, it feels a little bit unfair just because, like, he he just keeps doing what he does, right? And he's added little stuff here and there, and he's, he is elite at what he does. There's nobody on in the NBA doing what he does better than him. And so – No, well, that, that that's all true. And I think the reason we bring it up so much is because it, it factors into their decision-making in terms of whether or not you include him in a trade to maybe – you know, scramble the deck. It almost feels like it's a given that they're going to pay him to me at this point. I think that's kind of why I I almost side out of the conversation. Like, I don't even think it's it's going to be a conversation for them that they pay him. No, I think they intend to pay him unless they decide that the fact that they have to pay him and maybe they don't trust him in some of those moments. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but look, the percentages go down with every quarter, as you mentioned. Okay. And so 
you know, maybe it becomes something where it's, I'm not saying you're looking to move him, but I think maybe it makes it easier to part with him. If it's like, okay, we don't really know if he's playable down the stretch of games defensively. He's struggling. He's struggling in the fourth quarter to make threes. So is he a starter? Is he a closer? If he's not, is he worth 18 to 20? Well, maybe he is for our purposes because of the way he sort of bends the defense and everything else. But also if a team says, well, we need to, you to include Duncan Robinson, maybe the next time they do it because for James Harden, they weren't willing to do it, at least not in combination with all of those other pieces. Maybe for the next time for Bradley Beal, they're willing to do it because I'm not mm-hmm. saying that necessarily Washington would want him because they already have a Duncan Robinson and Bertans, but maybe, you know, you trade Duncan Robinson to pick up, you know, first round currency that you can move to Washington or some other team like that, or maybe it's to Houston for Oladipo, something along those lines. He had another big game tonight. I'm just saying it's part of the thinking in terms of what they do going forward. So I think we do need to address it. I want to see him with a full, I want to see all these guys with a full team because as I've said many times, it's very hard to evaluate a lot of these guys who have very specific roles, which is around the fulcrum of Bam and Jimmy. And you haven't had Jimmy. I mean, even Goron's part of it too, but I mean, the big thing is you haven't had Jimmy. So I'm with it, but let's get to the last one here, which is Tyler hero. Um, Tyler's numbers tonight played 32 minutes, eight of 21, 19 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. As I was watching him today, I'm thinking if they had him for some of the past seven games, they probably win some of them. Okay. Um, He was not particularly efficient as Jonathan mentioned, but his activity was constant. And there were times in this game where he looked like the only guy who really, really wanted to win Jonathan like that. That's it. (laughs) It just jumped out to me. Like he was trying to take over the game. Whereas Bam was passive. And a lot of the other guys looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, he came out and in the fourth quarter when we had that run, he was the guy sparking it all. I think he had his own personal 6-0 run. Well, not 6-0 run, but six points straight scored by him in the fourth quarter. And, it, you know, we're going bucket with bucket against against the Clippers. So he was the only guy that really felt like, like you said, that he wanted to win this game. And he was showing it. He was taking, you know, threes. He, he only hit that corner one, but he was being aggressive and, and setting everybody else up. And I think another important thing to see or note in this game is, when Tyler was in the game at the beginning of the first quarter, everything seemed to run very seamless. And as soon as he left the game, that's when we started to turn the ball over. And that's when it started to become where the offense just got all murky and it wasn't really clear what's going to happen. So at Tyler here, he really showed how important he is to the team because of what he does for it. You know what I mean? He, he handles the ball really well. Ten rebounds. That's another big rebounding game for a team that has been lacking rebounds. And even early in the game, in the second quarter, we were giving up a bunch of offensive rebounds to the Clippers. So 10 rebounds coming from our guard uh, on top of the shooting, on top of the assists. It just looked like he was really, really necessary for us to to be in this game. And without him, I don't think we're even close in this game. And we don't even make that run to come back in the fourth quarter. And uh, like you said, also, if we had him in the last couple of games, we might have won maybe one or two of those. And that would have been enough to put us in the eighth seed. Well, if you had if you had him playing and you had the aggressive bam that you had in those games, you probably do win a couple of them. Like, I I think you needed those two things together tonight. They got it from Tyler, but not from bam. The thing about him, Alex is he's got a certain bounce and energy to his game that the, a lot of the other guys on this team do not have. Like I just, he just plays. It's like, he's playing on the playground and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that other guys do feed off of that because the confidence that he plays with, I was encouraged tonight because you're coming off a seven-game layoff. You're dealing with a neck injury. Those things can be kind of tricky. Like that, uh, tonight was not good. There's no way to sugarcoat this, okay? 
that was the only good development to me is like, okay, Tyler came back. He looked confident. And, you know, and I think what Jonathan mentions too, I've gone from the point now where beginning of the year, it was like, okay, he's trying to do all this pick and roll ball handling and everything else. He's turning the ball over to now. It's like, I feel more comfortable with the ball on his hands than with the ball in pretty much anybody else's hands on the team because Bam turns it over sometimes too, uh, quite a bit, maybe other than Goron. Yeah, pretty much. And I a hundred percent agree with everything Jonathan said, as far as, you know, they're kind of the heat were starved for all the things that he brings to the table. And, you know, he, he, like, and I'm not even just talking about the shooting, right? Like, I think the shooting was kind of he, the least important part of what he brought to the table tonight. Cause obviously he was, you know, eight of 21, he put up a lot of shots. They needed him to, I'm not gonna, you know, fault him for, for taking a bunch of shots. They like the roster is completely depleted right now, but as far as what he has shown as a, a pick and roll ball handler, being able to just consistently be, you know, collapsing the paint, right? Like Tyler Hero being able to actually get into the paint consistently over and over because they're constantly kind of playing up on the shot a little bit. That's huge, man. Like that's huge. They've got somebody else who can do that outside of Jimmy and Goron, somebody else who can shoot, pass, or finish, right? And I think it's one of three right now that he's he's one of three with Jimmy and Goron being out. And look, man, like I, I really am just as confident as you are, Ethan. And, and whenever he does get the ball, I feel good about him. I, I, I don't know what else to say about Tyler. Like he just keeps getting better and better. I love the confidence he plays with and absolutely Bam and Precious both fed off his energy tonight, especially, you know, in the fourth quarter, like wh whichever big he was playing with was, was, uh, was feeding off of the energy. Yeah, I think to add on that point. Oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Just his, yeah. his his touch around the rim has just gotten so phenomenal. Yeah. I feel like oh yeah, his his layup package is just it's ridiculous at this point. And I feel like it's it's an underrated part of his game because he we came in he came in being known as just a shooter, and now he's almost a three level scorer where he's able to take that pull up, finish around the rim, and also set everybody else up. So uh, it's really nice to Pretty see him back because yeah. we really needed him. You know what I mean? And I do think when you mentioned that, I you mentioned Bam and Precious. I feel like other players on the court now feel more comfortable when he's out there with them. And that's a change from his rookie season. Like I, I, I feel like they've seen the growth in his game and it's like, okay, Tyler's here. Things are more under control. And that's not something we would have said about him before, but ultimately, like we say, it wasn't enough. All right. So check out our sponsors, prizepicks.com. Use the code five um, there. Um, again, play it every day. You can play it on just about anything. We'll be back. Uh, over the weekend, obviously, we got a, a game against Sacramento coming up on Saturday. The Heat now 6-12 and 12 on the season. I am expecting to see Jimmy back for that one. He was close today, but didn't make it back. Follow Jonathan Ramlikan at 3-Piece Combo and follow Alex at Tropical Blanket. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.